this is a very special podcast episode because not only does today mark the 14th birthday, the 14th anniversary of the RSC podcast, this is also the Monday of Thanksgiving week and a former Thanksgiving dinner guest of D's and mine is joining me for this very special anniversary episode of the RSC podcast, Rachel Dratch. Hi. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast number 728, Rachel Dratch Thanksgiving. It's the Monday before Thanksgiving here in our year of COVID 2020. And this episode marks the 14th anniversary of the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. For 14 straight years, 728 weeks, we've been bringing you interesting and I hope funny conversations with Reduced Shakespeare Company members and friends. And for this special anniversary episode, I am so excited to share with you a conversation with Rachel Dratch, the comedian and actor, alumna of Saturday Night Live, who used to perform at Second City with my wife, Dee Ryan, back in the early 90s and was our Thanksgiving bestie, as well as Christmas and Easter guests when we'd have people over for holiday meals. We don't get to see each other much anymore, so I'm particularly thrilled that we got to chat last week and very excited to share that conversation with you. I'm sorry I can't play some ABBA for you to welcome you. Oh my gosh. I always associate you with Dancing Queen. (laughs) But, But for just the reasons that of your, your dinner parties. It just came on at, at fortuitous moments. Yeah. Well, that was like a perfect sitcom moment because literally I had put the I put the DVDs in there because you had already talked about that song or something. And I thought, oh, I'll put it. And then I had the remote in my hand. So I felt so cool. And then you said, mentioned Dancing Queen and I hit play and it- Oh my God. That's when I knew you were the ultimate that, host. That was our meet cute. Exactly. Uh, By the um, way, Austin hosts the best dinner parties you could ever imagine. There's little silver, there's little silver dishes you didn't even know existed for purposes you had no idea <laughs> that there was a dish for. <laughs> well, and you're giving me all the credit when I deserve literally none of it because that's all well, it's Very memorable. I just remember homemade eggnog. I mean, need to say more. <laughs> Those were fun times back in the 90s. There were. Before we had children. Ooh, shoot, I hope my kids don't listen to this. <laughs> um, um, well, and you're you're one of our oldest comedy friends that has, and you've done so well, and so I've been so eager to talk to you about, because I one of the things I love about your career is just as, as an actor, you've gotten to do so many different kinds of things. You know, from improv at Second City to Saturday Night Live to Broadway, to the public theater with Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe, to audio, to you, you've had this very cool career um, and you're continuing to have a very cool career. I'm sorry, it's, it sounded for a second like no, this was no, in an immemorium. No. Um, <laughs> um, uh, is that, and this is a really stupid question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Okay. Do, you choose, do you choose all this consciously? I love this question actually, because I long ago, you know, I mean, I came from like, not, I wasn't the kid who was like, I'm gonna be an actor. 
you know, actor at all costs. I was like a very studious, you know, whatever, conscientious academic type of person a little bit. I don't want to oversell it. But in any case, so then going into acting doesn't, didn't really match up with that because like in the regular world, like you do X, Y, and Z and then you get the reward for it, you know, like, but, but acting isn't really like that as we know. So I had to just shift my brain to, um, to just like, let go, <laughs> like peace out about everything, like long ago. So then that has just served me and probably every other actor we know very well, because once you realize like, don't, don't waste your time stressing out because then when something comes along, you wasted all that time stressing out when you could have just been like doing yoga or adopting a puppy or, you know, it's like, like, things that like you might do if you had the time. So, so I sort of like switched over to that. And um, so that's how I am now too. Like for the most part, I mean, I just sort of like, I've, I liken it to sort of floating down the river and just like seeing what's floating by me. And then, so I mean, cut to me in a panic tomorrow because I, but no, but in general though, this has kind of worked for me. Yeah. So, so my only thing that I sort of, cause people are like, what would be your dream project? Like, I don't really have those, you know, I don't have like the vision board of my career. I mean, believe me, I used to, but, um, but right now I just like doing comedy. So like what you were talking about, you know, I like doing movies, TV, theater, but, it, but it has to be comedy. Cause I've, I've learned, I don't, I don't really enjoy doing you know, not that I'm not that good at it. I don't really enjoy doing like the more dramatic roles. So, so yeah, as long as it's comedically based, then I'm, I'm psyched to do it. That's a better answer than mine would have been because, mine, you know, if, if the question is, how do you choose your roles? I was like, um, I wait to be asked to audition and then hope I get it. Uh, oh, no, there's auditions in there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, I'm not like saying, no, I will not play Lady Macbeth. I mean, it's just like, there's definitely, definitely still audition. So. All right. Well, now I'm fantasizing about your Lady Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> you don't um, want to see that. Yeah. Well, and you did, but you have gone down that dramatic route. You did a Law and Order for sure. Uh, I didn't do a Law and Order. I did do this show. Oh my god! I did this show called Third Watch that was sort of like a Law and Order thing, and I played a um, developmentally. Well, no, not developmentally. I meant men mentally challenged person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, so that was my, that was a foray into, um, into drama. I've, I've done it a few times, but yeah. And do you find that there is a, uh, I'm a terrible improviser and I, and I, as D will be the first to tell you, um, that I'm a terrible improviser. I'm good at games and I'm punchline driven, but I'm always in my head about being the playwright and trying to see where this will go. And I've just... Haven't okay. done it enough. Okay. Funny you should say that because I love improvising on stage, you know, with, with a group, like I love that. I used to do that all the time. I can't believe I don't even do it anymore because it used to be like my drug, you know? Yeah. But, but, but I do hate, it. it's funny you said, I hate when I'm doing a, a movie or a TV thing and someone's like, just go wild here. Cause some people are really good at that. And I get very in my head about like, but there's all these people watching and it's just me. And sometimes it works, but I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not hundred percent at improvising on camera. Cause it's like, I don't know. Is that how you feel or? Well, it is how I feel, but also part of it for me, it feels like two different sides of your brain. Improvising lines is different than memorizing lines. Do you find that? Yeah. Well, also sometimes like there's a line right there that's perfectly good, you know? <laughs> so then that's in my head. It's like, well, this is the way it should be, you know? So, but um, I just, I just got to do a little thing where I, they wanted me to just go off and I was, I was very stiff. And then the very last take, like I, I, something came out and so but but I'm definitely not like 100% for that yeah 
I yeah no I, I I get that well and 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 it's funny also that you talk about you know wanting to do things that are comedically based. I can't get arrested for comedy on screen. Really? I, yeah, I always play asshole, racist, homophobic. Um, oh, no, well, old okay. white guys. There's a market for that. There is a niche for that. <laughs> These days. These yeah. Days. yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I haven't played a literal slave owner, but I'm sure that that's you know that would I'm fine. Listen. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. My mother, my mother always said, you know, they never let you smile. I was like, mom, the oh. check, checks are clearing. Um, <laughs> the, I won't ask you about the, being a woman at SNL, but I, I will ask, what does it feel like? Uh, what does it feel like to be have become a meme in the guy in your guys as Debbie Downer? Is oh, that, that is that uh, is that San yeah. Bone or is that kind of cool or? Oh yeah, no, I like it. I mean, you know. Um, well, I mean, at SNL, you know, I mean, I could do the SNL chat for the whole time, but um, no, you know, you're always trying to come up with a character. That's like, like the hardest part is the writing of it, you know? I mean, when you're performing, that's like a whole adjustment. It's super fun, but it's like, you're nervous. But the but coming up with stuff, that's when you're like gnashing your teeth, you know, on Tuesday night, writing night, it's three in the morning. Sometimes you still don't have any ideas. Like I, I, I would try to come up with ideas I mean, I think we all try to come up with ideas ahead of time, just in life, you know, you try to keep your eyes open for a funny character or scene. Cause when you're sitting there and it's writing night, if you don't have any ideas, it's really hard to be like, I'm gonna come up with a character that's gonna really take off here in the morning, staring at this computer. You know, that doesn't really how it worked for me. So, um, but she is yeah, a, you've got a character that hits like, which for me, you know, it's definitely not a once a week thing, it's maybe, if I'm lucky once a season, maybe twice, you know, for something that really takes off. So, um, so yeah, then if uh, people like it, you're excited because you're, you're like, whew, one down, you know? <laughs> yeah. Check that box. Yeah. Um, and, but she's a character that you created. They didn't bring it to you, right? Right, right. I, I thought of that up, I was on a trip and someone said a really downer thing. And, and then I, then about a week later, that it like it just popped into my head of this character. But then I took it to Paula Pell, who's one of the writers, was one of the writers on the show. And we wrote that together. And at first we set it in a, an office and it wasn't really flowing. And then we realized, oh wait, we have to put her somewhere really happy. So we put it in Disney World. And that's when, the, that's the scene where we all broke and lost it. And it was probably my favorite moment on the show just because people still ask, you know, is that show really live? And you know, when you see something like that, you know, yes, this is really live, it's happening right now. So, I, I mean, even though you don't aspire to break on camera because the audience loves when you do it. So you try not to do that because you don't want to be, you know, cheap, cheap trick kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, that was just a, a very fun moment <laughs> for me <laughs> anyway, yeah. No, for all of us, for all of us. I mean, you know, talk about if you ever are literally in a down moment, just watch that first clip of, of you being Debbie Downer at Disney World and it'll perk you right up. Out of the way. Out of the way, it's official. Hello. 
As far as I know, I'm Weird Al Yankovic. You're listening to Tim Minchin. Hi, this is Cory Booker. Hi, this is Octavius Elise. Hi, I'm Ann Hage. Hi, I'm Scott Simon of NPR News. Hey, I'm Eric Stone Street from ABC's Modern Family. Hi, this is Scott Bakula. Hi, I'm Kate Titchener. I'm Austin's mother. Hey, this is Joel Murray, Freddie Rumson from Mad Men. Hi, I'm Lawrence O'Donnell. My name is Devon Glover, also known as the Sonnet Man. I'm Michael Whitmore, director of the Folger Shakespeare Library in Washington, D.C. Hello, my name is Nicholas Parsons. Hi, I'm Rachel Dratt. This is Christopher Moore. Hi, I'm Ken Ludwig. Hey, I'm Reed Diamond. Hi, this is Mia Gosling, creator of Shakespeare webcomic Good Tickle Brain. This is David Keckner. Hello, folks. This is Mike McShane. Hello. I'm Adrian Scarborough. Hi, I'm Matt Walsh of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Hi, I'm Brian Dennehy, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company Podcast. Quality of mercy is not strained. It's sprinkling from above like the... No. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin, and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And now back to my conversation with the lovely, the funny, the talented, the Rachel Dratch. Another reason this this conversation and this episode is special is that you are the third cast member of the Broadway-bound musical Minsky's to appear on this podcast. I am? I can't imagine who the other people were. George Wedd and Wendt. John... And John Cariani. John Cariani. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You and and John had one of the greatest comic love songs (laughs) I've ever, it's ever been my pleasure to see on stage. And I can't remember the exact, but you're two, the exact situation, but you're both two shy characters. Yeah. So we were in this, it's Minsky's took place in like, uh, what year was it? I don't know. Whenever there were. (laughs) Burlesque House. I should know this. Thank you. Sometime in the early part of the 1900s. But anyway, (laughs) I do my research carefully. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, we played these two people that were thrown into this showbiz role, but we didn't want to be there. Like he was the lawyer. And I was the niece of the producer. So we we hated showbiz. And so we got to do this song together about just wanting a life outside of showbiz. And then when it was time for the big dance break, the music happens and we just stood there and the audience went nuts because they're expecting this dance break. And then we just stand and stare. So Stand there during the dance break. Yes. It I'm never gonna... made it to Broadway, but... It, it never made it to Broadway? Oh, no, no, it didn't. But um, But yes, we got to play in LA. And you got to see it, so. Uh, but and uh, but you have, uh, am I right? You have played on Broadway. Have you done? No, that? I've actually only been off Broadway. Okay. I've done, I've done three off Broadway shows, and then I got to do Shakespeare in the Park too. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, what'd you do I in Shakespeare that. in the Park? We did Love's Labor's Lost, and it, and it was this crazy musical version. Uh huh. I was, was Hall of Fairness. Wow. But they cut all the parts down, and then they added all these songs in. It was really cool. Um. So yeah, I got to got to say a little bit <laughs> of Shakespeare. Yeah, so that was a kind of a dream come true because I always wanted to do Shakespeare in the Park, but I always think like, well, it's kind of hard for comedians to, sometimes they 
sometimes they let us sneak in, you know? So that was like um, very exciting to me. But you've got all the skill, you've got all the skills and you're also famous now. I mean, you're a famous, you're a celeb. So I would imagine that would lead to some, hey, let's get her on our on our stage. It doesn't always lead to that. But I mean, in a way that's probably kind of good, you know, I can't, yeah. I can't just like bust open the door. But you know, I'm, I'm like mid-level famous. So I, I definitely can't just like waltz in anywhere. I gotta work for it. No, but what I mean, you know, the system works fairly. I would say so. That's good. You know, <laughs> do you yeah. get do you get bothered on the street level of fame? Um, well, people are very nice on the street. You know, they're always like say really nice things or smile, or you're just walking down the street and someone will be like, "I love you." Like that's really nice. You know, <laughs> so no, as long as it's, they keep moving. As long as they yeah, keep moving. but it's like it's a good level because I can, you know, if I were crazy famous. I probably couldn't ride the subway and all that. So definitely you can still find me on the subways with a mask on, but yes. That's good. You'll be, you'll be the tiny person. I will. Among but you're all- so musical too. You've got a lovely uh, singing voice too. I would imagine you <laughs> This is a great ego boost for me. You're <laughs> inflating all of my <laughs> more meager talents. <laughs> um, I would not say I have a great singing voice, but thank you. No, I have a voice like I can carry a tune, like someone, you know, like karaoke night with your friends, but I have a good enough voice, I'd say to do, you know, the character kind of parts, like you saw me in, but right. I'm not gonna blow the roof off the joint. But um, unless it's with my comic stylings, um, <laughs> but I don't, know, I don't have a fabulous voice. <laughs> have you done, but that, is that one thing you haven't done? Is Have you ever done stand-up? No, I've never done stand-up, never wanted to do stand-up. I've always feel more safe and comfy in the group, you know, like stand-up to me sounds, very scary and I mean I guess it would just be a matter of writing I think you know what I like about improv is you can kind of be lazy and just like show up and let your natural instincts kick in but with stand-up you have to actually write out an act and I've never really had the the will to do that yeah one of there's two things I really remember from your tenure at Second City one is that you improvised with a cello you were playing a cello oh I played a cello in this little bit that wasn't improv I just um yeah I I played a whole lot of love on the cello but it started we started out I'd play this first piece like a classical piece and then it morphed into (laughs) then I would sing one a whole lot of love it was a little quickie a quick cello cello comedy a cello blackout and uh But then the other thing, piece I remember, <clears throat> which led me to the question about stand-up, is is you, I think, were you a little girl or something, but sitting on stage with a ball. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So that actually, <laughs> I keep deflecting anything nice you're saying and saying, no, that wasn't me. I don't have that. <laughs> Adam, Adam McKay, Oscar winner, Adam McKay. I remember. Came up with, came up with that bit. And that was that was my first show on the main stage. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And um, anyway... I don't think, you know, it was hard. I didn't understand really how to come up with characters. I've had a few, but whatever. <laughs> I'm being very self-deprecating in this interview. I want to do another one where I just toot my horn the whole way. To, but anyway, so Adam had come up with that. And they basically, they basically gave that to me. But um, yes, I got to improvise. <laughs> Maybe we should cut all this out. I got to improvise with someone in the audience. just by throwing a ball to them. And then I would, I would say, hey, how's it going? And we'd throw the ball back and forth. And then I'd be like, well, it's just good to see you, dad. And then the person had to, and I was like, I don't know, I don't see anymore since you got divorced. So, so the person in the audience had to improvise with me. And it was really cool because they were, you know, quite, usually they were great at it because they just had to kind of yes, naturally yes and the whole 
premise. And then I would flip over and say, okay, nice talking to you. And then I'd go throw it to a woman on the other side, like, how's it going, mom? You know, and then, then they would talk about each other. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. It was such a it, it was such a simple concept, but it was so great. And it's you on stage alone, which which although although you are really working with an ensemble of just these people in the audience. Right, right. Yeah. So that was just improvising with the audience. Yeah. Rachel, this was so great to talk to you. Can when you when you reach your raging diva prima donna bitch phase, can we talk again where you toot your own horn? Yes, yes. I want to I want to do the more prima donna interview. Awesome. Yeah, we talk about how fabulous I am. <laughs> cool. We'll make that happen. Okay. <laughs> Good to see you. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your holiday bestie via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Rachel on Twitter too at The Real Dratch. Thanks, as always, to Puppy Upper Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, and Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Kathleen Thompson. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to all the various comedians and actors and artists who've joined me on these weekly conversations for the last 14 years. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. <sighs> I'm Austin Titchener, 728, 2184ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. All right, Rachel, I'm going to try to not ask you all the same stupid things that other people have already asked you in the many okay. interviews you've done. That is my promise, my vow to you. You're not going to ask me if it was hard to be a woman at SNL then? That's no, I won't. question. Okay. Wow. I just assumed... <laughs> with shitty and we'll just move on. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.